All right, good morning, everybody. It is fantastic to be uh, with you. It's just amazing church, incredible worship here. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to Destiny Church. That's what the Bible says, or it should say that. And uh, David doesn't say I was mad about it. He didn't say I was sad about it. He said I was glad. How many love the house of God? You just love coming and worshiping, and it's going to be an incredible, of course, conference this week, and 60 years of, of destiny and legacy, and the best days are yet to come. I love what God's doing through the Bell family, and you think about 80 years of Destiny Church, 60 years of missions and uh, pastors conference, and great to see all the faces. In fact, as Matt was talking about, that it was in the early 90s that I was attending IBC, and I made this my home church. So every time I come back uh, here, it does feel a little bit like a family reunion, like seeing close friends and familiar faces, and uh, it's just a, a home. It feels like a home away from home, and it's uh, fantastic to be with you. You can always tell uh, how much God, if you ever wondered how much God loves a church, all you have to do is just check out the kind of leaders, the kind of pastors that he puts in that church. And all I have to say is that God must really love Destiny Church because he's given you Pastor Matt Bell and Mike Bell and all the Bell family. And come on, let's just give honor where honor's due to and all the other staff and pastors and those that are in Fredericksburg that are joining us live stream and what God has done just to build and continue to expand the kingdom and this church really being uh, not just family, but but also in a home, but it, it's a force. It's a force in the world for so many years. And, uh, and now, how it's being led into the future is just such a blessing. And, and so, even more than the Bell family, can we just give it up for Jesus today? Let's just give him all the honor and all the credit that's due his name. It's all for his glory anyway, and all for his name and for his fame. I believe that God wants to speak to our hearts uh, here this morning. I know this is a Christ-centered church. Uh, I know it's a Bible-centered church. If you got a Bible in your lap or you can follow on the screens behind me, uh, John chapter 13, the title of the talk here today is How to Serve, How to Serve Jesus Style. We're going to look at some verses here uh, this morning. I love to hear the, the turn of the pages and the hunger of what God is doing, not just in this region, but all around the world and what God's doing in the earth uh, today. Really looking forward to Don't miss any of the sessions in the morning, also at the night, uh, evening services. And uh, I think that you're going to be encouraged. I think that you're going to be blessed and built up and inspired and fueled and filled up uh, with God's heart uh, for the world uh, this week at the Missions Conference. Light your world. I love the theme of the conference. John chapter 17, it simply says it this way. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that He had come from God and was going back to God. Notice verse 4. Rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, don't you wash my feet like a typical Texan. You ain't touching my toes. And so anyway, Peter 
is here. Is that you're not going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, "What am I? I'm doing to you right now. You don't understand, but afterwards you will understand." And Peter said, "You shall never wash my feet. I got some nasty bunions. I got some corns on these. Nobody's going to touch my or give me some spa treatment here. You're not touching my feet." Jesus answered, "If I do not wash you, you have no share with me." And Simon Peter said to him. Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. In other words, put some cucumbers on my, I'll go pedicure, I'll go seaweed wrap, I'll go spa, head to toe, whatever you want to do, hands, feet, do it all, Lord. And Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That's why he said that. Not all of you are clean. Verse 12. When he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garments. He resumed his place. He said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Last verse, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Can I hear a good amen for the reading of God's word today? You know, this supper scene, this, this time, this this hang time around this dinner table, if you will, with these disciples, these close friends, Jesus, it's show and tell. It's an invaluable lesson that he gives to us, you and I, even here today. But just to kind of set the scene or set the supper table, there are these friends. Of course, there's eating involved. There's got to be bread. The Greek word for bread is tortilla. It's uh, tamale. That's what they were having around the, they were in southern Jerusalem. It's only had they, that had to be what they were eating, some Mexican food there. And, and he's dropping some, some bombs. He's dropping onto his knees. He's, he's going to show them what it's like to be a servant. He's teacher, he's Lord, but he's going to model for them what it means to be a servant. They're being fed, they're enjoying, they're hanging, they're fellowshipping, there's a meal. Love that. It's almost like a, a kitchen-like or a living room like, if you've got an open concept in your house, maybe all that's kind of all opened up. And how many love the kitchen? How many love the kind of, those that don't like the kitchen, I guess you go to restaurants a whole lot. I'm, I'm a guy that got three kids, and like Matt was talking about, a family of five. And if you are a parent and you have kids, and you say, it's supper time, and they all run to the car, you may want to eat in a little bit more. <laughs> that's the way it is at the Mason home anyway. But it is like, this scene, and talking about this supper, you know, it's, when I think about the kitchen, I think about this, this story, I, I think about this meal, I mean, the kitchen is where you, where you make it up, where you bake it up, where you serve it up, where you burn it up, how many been there before? A little honesty in God's house today, and there's something about a home-type feel, though, there's something of a, of a warm environment, this atmosphere that Jesus, with his close friends are, are there. Something about a home that's inviting. Something about a living room. Something about a kitchen that's inviting. I, I remember going to my mother's mom's house often after church, and they were pastors as, as well. And, 
and just go into Mama's house in Louisiana, New Orleans, on the West Bank, and walking in, and just, she was always baking up something, always making up, I mean, from scratch, baking up some good apple pie, or homemade chocolate chip cookies, or she would open up the oven, and just the, the whip, the aroma of brownies that would come, not out of a box, I mean, I'm talking like just... How many are getting hungry right now? I mean, there's something about a sense, something you feel, something you smell, something about a home that makes it inviting. You anticipate to go there. And I think there's something special going on with John chapter 13, with these family members almost, these close friends, these disciples that are there. I think the church is supposed to feel that way. That's what Destiny Church is all about you lead a ministry or you lead a church. I think there's a dynamic around a church that there's something authentic, something welcoming, welcome, welcoming people home. It's a spiritual house. That's what the church is. It's a household of faith. Even when you drove up this morning, there's, it's like a house. There's a, there's a driveway. There's some place to, to park. There's a, a, a lobby. Maybe somebody handed you a cup of coffee. There's a smile in the in the foyer, there's a, there's a sense that this is, it's home. It's a spiritual house. I think that the church is a place where you anticipate going to. I think it's a place where you feel something. You feel the future. You're not reminded of your past. I think it's a place where you enjoy God. It's a place to be enjoyed, not endured. I, I think the church of the living God, that spiritual Home, that spiritual house is a place where God is explained and experienced. <laughs> I believe it's a place where it's not just a healthy spiritual home. It's, it's a place where you and your family and your friends can come on Sundays and during the week and they can, they can, they can taste and see that God is good. Are you hearing what I'm saying here today? That's the church of the living God. If you made this your home, you might be a first time you're here today, but if you made this your home here at Destiny Church, you, you felt that way because you were fed the Word of God. You felt something in worship. In fact, when I go to glory, whenever I go to glory, I'm going to ask the Lord, based off the amazing worship here this morning, God, can I go back to Destiny Church on weekends just to experience the worship? To see Tony on the drums be all anointed and Gabriel on the trumpet be all anointed. What a name, Gabriel and trumpet. Just such a, a sense in the room of worship and being fed the word of God by the pastors that are, are here. And you felt that way because someone did something. Someone served in some sort of way. Somebody waved or air high-fived you or fist-pounded you or hugged you or helped you or prayed for you or even before you came here, a pile of people were praying for you before you even got here. Someone served. In fact, just to say it another way, many someones served. The parkers parked and the ushers ushed and there was, you came in here and there was an experience with God. And you leaned in and you walked away and, and you said, I needed that. My, my soul was fed something today. I, I need that. I need that something that I experienced there at this home called the Church of the Living God. There at Destiny Church, it, it fed my soul. It did something deep on the inside. That's something that I need. That's something that my husband needs. In fact, 
if your husband's right there next to you, don't look at him right now. That's awkward. And so anyway, but that's something that he needs. That's something that my wife needs. That's something that my teenager or my kids need. John 13 is all about them enjoying one another. The presence of Jesus at the head of the table, eating together, being fed. And then Jesus does something. Something shifts in John 13. Something shifts in the story. He he pushes away. He rises up. He pushes away from that table and then he reaches down. He grabs a bowl. He grabs a basin. Y'all know the story. You're ahead of me already. He grabs some water. He grabs, he wasn't in a title, so he grabs a towel and he shows them something. He models for them something. This leader, this Lord, this prophet, this teacher, he models something completely different. Show and tell with the Savior. Right there in front, not just Peter's feet, but then all of the others. He also did something that day to show them something. He stepped on the other side of the kitchen counter and he served. He stooped down and it was because of his compassion that drove him to action. He met physical needs that day. He met emotional and relational needs that day. He met spiritual needs that day. It was his compassion that moved him to action. I'll never forget um, years ago, my, my pastor, my brother-in-law, his name is Joe Champion, I, I remember him saying, seeding something into me. And he said, Paul, he said, I know that you're going into the ministry. That's what you're aspiring to do. And, and he says, let me just give you a thought. Just, just hang your faith on this thought. And, and here it is. He says, never leave your home, Paul, without a word from God. Whatever you do or whatever that path looks like and what God has called you to do in the, in the ministry, he says, don't ever leave your dorm room or your apartment or your bachelor pad or your hotel or your home without a, a word from God. And I never forgot that, even to this, to this day. And I saw him model that for me many, many times over. In fact, I would go to some different conferences, missions conferences and pastors conferences. I remember one case in particular, one specific example. He and I just drove up in the car, went up to the Dallas area. It's kind of a larger conference. There's about 3,000 pastors that were there. And, and in the middle of worship, all of a sudden, he's called upon in a moment's notice to be ready in season and out of season, right on the spot, on the fly. He was called to get up there and preach a message, and I was just so, like as kind of a mentee, and he was my spiritual father, and I was just so prideful on the inside to kind of cheer him on and say, you go, Joe! That, that's, that's an amazing, like, I, I couldn't wait for him to get up there and encourage the people, but I was the only one who knew that it was in a moment's notice and he was called to speak in front of those pastors that day. And he did just an out-of-the-park job. And, and then he got back, and I like high-fived him. I was like, man, that was incredible. That was, that was so amazing. You blessed those pastors, and some God reports came out of that. And, and I was like, man, Joe, that, that, was, that was awesome. He goes, well, the Lord dropped something in my heart right before I went to the conference that day. And he says, Paul, and that's when he laid it on me. He goes, this is going to happen to you sometime in ministry. I said, God, that's great for Joe, but Lord, let that never happen to me. That would freak me out. 
I'd be so frightened. That's great for you, Joe, but I'll stand here and cheer you on and, and say, great job. Awesome. But I'll just stand right here and I'll sit over here in kind of the bleacher section and, and let God do what God wants to do through you. God, never let me do that ever in Jesus' name. And then it wasn't too much long later. In fact, it was a couple years later that I was tested. I was a youth pastor in 1998. It was my first full-time youth pastor job at a great church in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I was leading the youth ministry there. And then we uh, aspired to put together from our home church a statewide youth conference for all of Arkansas. So all of these teenagers and youth pastors could come and there'd be breakouts and night sessions. And uh, we didn't know. We had, I mean, we had no idea how many were going to kind of descend on Little Rock, which was kind of central location that everybody can kind of get there easily. And all I had to do is just be a youth pastor and bring my youth group about three hours to Little Rock and just enjoy God's presence and just be there to receive and be blessed. And I'm on the front row, and I remember some of us youth pastors, we got together and we, we huddled and we were praying. And because it was our very first time at kind of putting on this, we didn't know if it was going to be small or, or big, just this conference to kind of bless all of these. In fact, we lined up some great worship bands and Christian bands. And at that time, some of the greatest youth communicators across the nation were flying them in. And we're hoping that just somebody would kind of show up. And, and we remember, I, I remember like it was yesterday, like the buses coming onto the parking lot. And like showing up early, like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like somebody's coming and they start unloading these youth pastors, these youth leaders, these students get off the buses. They're, they're walking into the lobby area. I mean, they're, these students are stoked. I mean, they're, they're pumped and now we're pumped because people are showing up and as they're walking in, even before the countdown started, I mean, this environment was electrically charged. I mean, it was... Just so magnetic to see just pouring in and more buses are showing up. Very first conference, very first year, 8,000 students show up in Little Rock at this arena. We, I mean, we, we couldn't believe it. Countdown is on, goes down to T minus 10 seconds, nine. People are already standing up before the service. They're anticipating God to do something in their lives. What an amazing atmosphere of faith. All of a sudden it gets down to zero and it kicks off and pyrotechnics go off and the fires going off in the stage and man, they're just, it's loud and man, teenagers are hanging off the ceiling like bats. They're in the like, second level, third level, way back in the back and the tears and the, and the bleacher section, nosebleed section and the teenagers all over the place and man, they're pumped. They're going down to the altar amazing. And I'm on the front row and just kind of taking all this stuff. And what a blessing. Thank you, God, for people showing up here today. I'm just so encouraged. And, and standing next to me was, um, was the guy who organized the whole thing. I'm just going to be honest with you. This dude was odd. I mean, this guy is kind of on the nerdy side. He's got, I mean, he's got his clipboard. 
He's got like a stopwatch to make sure the program goes along, and he's got glasses, and he's just kind of, I never met him before. He's just standing right there. He's, he's taking notes. He's making sure it's organized to the max. And I'm standing there. I'm just worshiping. All of my teenagers are kind of right behind me, and Brooke's there, and, and we're taking this all in. In other words, like three songs in, all of a sudden, this guy strikes up a conversation. He turns to me and he says, uh, he said, hey, are you, uh, are you enjoying the conference? And I said, uh, I said yeah, man, this is, this is incredible, awesome. He goes, glad, glad to hear it. Awkward. So anyway, like I'm, like maybe he'll just kind of continue to worship, and I'm worshiping. And, and he goes, uh, hey, I, I just wanted to see you. you. You're a youth pastor, right? I said, yeah. So we came from Fort Smith. He said, you brought your teenagers? You think the teenagers like it? I said, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really asked them. We're in the middle of worship here. But I, it seems like they're pretty fired up for, for God. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this guy going to have a conversation with me? Like the whole conference or the whole service? Or he's asking me more questions. And he goes, all right, so you uh, kind of circle around. He said, so you, so you speak, you know, as a, as a youth pastor, I mean, you know, like you do some preaching from, I said, yeah, I do some, do some teaching and some speaking and preaching. He said, he said that, that's all. That's amazing. Fantastic. We're worshiping. Still song three. Song three's winding down. He goes, hey, um, just a quick, quick little thought, little, little question. He said, I just wanted to, to see if you'd be willing to be willing to do something. And, uh, so kind of this is the deal. Uh, what happened was there was the guy, the pastor that was supposed to speak at the conference, he didn't make his connecting flight. <laughs> and I don't know where he is. A little storm kind of, you know, we don't know all the details. I'm trying to find out all the details. <laughs> and so, but he's not here. So I was just kind of wondering if you would be willing to maybe speak at the conference. <laughs> to which I said to him, yeah, okay, I, I mean, however you want me to serve. I said, just let me know. It's a two-day conference. I said, just let me know what, what you'd like me to do and when you'd like me to, to speak. And he goes, how about right now? <laughs> and I said, how about right now what? He goes, well, this is the third worship song, and it's winding down. How about like right now, like right after this song? I'll just get up there and just introduce you. And then you're on. You go, Paul. And I had a couple thoughts that went through my head. Number one, the devil brought me to this conference. Number, number two, why did I come to this conference? Number three, I want to punch this little weird man in the throat. A lot of fleshly thoughts. I wasn't too spiritual. And there was a lot of, there was fear and there was excitement, all, I want you just to feel what I'm feeling when I was feeling what he asked me to do him some sort of favor. And at that moment, I remembered what my pastor told me. Never leave your hotel, because I was in my hotel room that morning. Never leave your hotel room or your home without a word from God before you walk out or step out the doors of your house in the morning, you get something from God to be able to give God away. And sometimes, honestly, 
all the time it's for you, but sometimes it's just for one person during the course of a day, but sometimes it's for a lot of someones, like on this day. And so I remember him getting up, song three ends, he gets up there, he introduces me, and I, I walk up there, and in fact, if I would have known before, I probably would have, like maybe you, or maybe I'm just the only sinner in the house, but I, I'm in the lights, just don't leave me up here by myself, all alone, that's the only sinner in the room, but I was thinking to myself, man, I'm going to pull a Moses, man, I'm going to pull, I got laryngitis, look, I, got, I stutter, I can't do, I'm under-equipped, I'm not gifted, I'm not perfect, this is not what you've called me to do, there's no, there's got to be somebody else, I probably would have totally talked myself out of going up and doing what God asked me to do. Just simply, it was stretching, it was growing, it was a test of obedience, it was on the fly, it was in a moment's notice, I was having flashbacks, I was scared to death, but sometimes you just have to step out and do it scared. I was just there just to be blessed. I was there to enjoy, just to be fed, and then God just put something, he shifted something in me in real time. That said, Paul, just step on the other side of the counter. Now it's your time to serve in this kind of way. How fun. How, how addicting was that? Scared out of my mind, loving it and hating it all at the same time. But I walked up there because, you know what? I just simply shared what God had shared with me earlier that day. And God was gracious. He always is faithful. And I remember getting up and with some confidence and in God, some confidence, <laughs> and so, and standing behind, and in the middle of the message, halfway through the sermon, there was a guy all the way up in the third tier. I'm just, I'm just, while I'm preaching, I'm watching him, and he's hard. I mean, he's, he's closed off like this. I mean, he's like hating on everything. And I saw during the message, all of a sudden, he was just, almost the Lord externally was just softening him. He just kind of his countenance kind of opened up. He, his face kind of changed. His heart was more open and towards the end of the sermon. In fact, this guy, uh, he was, I mean, it was, he was in all black. I mean, just black trench coat, black fingernails, black mascara. I mean, chains around his neck. I mean, this, this dude, rainbow I'm talking about, I don't, I don't know how much hairspray was in this rainbow mohawk that this guy had. And I saw the Lord just doing something in him, and I gave the altar call, and the place was packed up towards the front. I just saw him walking all the way down the aisle. I wanted to call security, but there wasn't security there. But anyway, I didn't know what was going to happen. And as he walks all the way to the, to the front, he, he comes right up to me, and he shakes my hand. And he gives me a bullet. He says, I was going to take my life. He says, I want to get saved today. He said, every word that God gave to you broke every chain off of my life. Every word. And that's what the church is, is called to do. It's, it's our responsibility to teach people out of their chains. It's, it's our responsibility to bring freedom and forgiveness that comes from Christ over every person and every heart that was there. I had to walk around the witchcraft paraphernalia and syringes that were thrown on the stage at the altar that day. Walking in and out of God doing a freedom 
delivering, saving work that day. I was thinking to myself, wow, I, I can't wait to do that again. I love this. I did it scared out of my mind. But I, I love, God would, I can't wait for another opportunity. How many know it didn't take all that long before all of a sudden this stage, I, I went all the way to the right and they had steps like on the end of the stage over there and they dismissed the service that day. And when I walked down the steps, the organizer, the weird guy, little weird odd guy, he, he meets me with his clipboard all the way at the base of the steps. And he goes, oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for saying yes. He said, that was great. I said, well, thank you very much. That means a lot. He said, uh, in fact, man, you, ba you bailed us out. <laughs> I didn't know what we were going to do. He said, I kind of still don't know what we're going to do because... You remember the, the guy? I said, oh, yeah. And he said, uh, well, you did, you did so wonderful. And uh, he hasn't made it yet. And I just, well, what he was going to do was he was going to speak to the 500 youth pastors in room 8C right down that hallway and since you did so awesome, and he's not here yet, just wanted to see if you could do a favor. I'm like, you're out of favors, bro. I don't know if I can pull this off. And he goes, no, really. He said, God will be with you. And he goes, you got plenty of time. I said, when is it? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, is it like, he goes, oh, you, got, you can go to the bathroom. It's in eight minutes. It's just right, right down. And just, can you just go speak? And I said, yeah. I said, just go ahead and take, take me to the room. But how, how fun and how addicting it is. What an adventure it is. And here's the point. The, the point is, I, I just simply came to the conference to be blessed. To be fed a meal, and then God did something, a maturing work that stretched me and tested me in my obedience in a moment's notice. And this should happen every single day in the life of every believer, not just ministers or youth pastors, in every Christian. The dynamic, the powerful dynamic of a healthy Christian, a disciple, a maturing, growing believer is this. <gasps> it's, it's inhaling the goodness of God and exhaling and giving God away. Every day, in every moment's notice. What an epic adventure that we're on. This, this journey of stepping on the other side to serve. I was just there to be served. And then all of a sudden, God did something in, in Paul Mason that said, it's it's, now it's time for you to serve. You came here just to be encouraged, but step on the other, push away, Paul, from the table. It's time for you not just to be fed. It's time for you to rise from that table, and it's time for you to become the feeder. It's time for you to become the leader. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Matthew 20 and verse 28, Jesus says the Son of Man has not come to serve himself, 
but to lay down his life as a ransom for many. Am I talking to anybody here today? That's what God's called us to do. It's receiving and it's giving. It's getting something from God, getting filled up with his heart to be able to give God away. Make it your aim. And in 22, not just to get in on the receiving end, but when you get in on the giving end of God, it's the key. It's the key to the blessed life. In fact, that's, that's what Jesus said in verse 17. He says, you know these things. I'm not telling you anything at this missions conference that you don't know. He said, you know these things. He says, but if you put it into practice, if, if you do them, you'll be what? What's the word? Blessed. Blessed are they that, that do what God has called us to do. Why serve? Just three quick thoughts. Number one, we love Jesus with all of our hearts. Mary probably said it. His mama said it the best. She was probably the best servant of all. Whatever he tells you to do, go, go do it. We don't do it because it's out of duty. We do it because it's out of delight. It comes from the heart. Here's number two. We're grateful for his grace. People who push away from the table, they count it a privilege serve the king their lord and teacher and master and they've not lost the wonder psalm chapter 100 and verse 2 it says we serve the lord not groggy not begrudgingly we serve him with what we serve the lord with gladness come into his presence with thanksgiving one of the joys of jumping on a serve team around here at destiny church and how god is using you to serve around the world. Number three, we're promised a reward. Jesus said that in John 13, verse 17. He says, I'm going to bless you when you step out and do it scared. You haul off and you don't live predictably. You haul off and you go for it. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 and 24. Notice, while you're doing what God has called you to do, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance of your reward. Because who are you serving? The Lord Christ. John chapter 12 and verse 2. I, I love this angle or this, this particular translation. It says, if any one of you wants to serve me, then, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am. Ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward everyone who serves me. Don't you know that Jesus is going to reward everything that you did, every th- prayer that you prayed, everything that you said? He notices it all. He sees it all. He, he washed Peter's feet. He washed all of those that were there around the table's feet. He would say later on in Matthew chapter 25, when you do it unto, when you serve unto them, you did it to me. When you took a, a cup of water, I love how he says cold water. Like, do it with your best heart, with the best intention, with the best motive. Why we serve God, we're grateful for His grace. He rewards when we give a cup of cold water in my name. What a joy it is. What a privilege it is to find our gifting. To find the place, our ministry, the place that we can serve one another. I was thinking about some of the richest places in the world 
And our thoughts are probably not the richest places in the world because we think of the Middle East and its oil or we think of Dubai and all of its gold. But can I tell you, that's not the richest places in the world. It's found in cemeteries all around the globe where people were gifted by God. They got gifts from God and never gave their gifts and talents away. So therefore, they're hidden and they're buried in cemeteries all across the globe. No impact. No making history with the gifts that God has given to them. Buried forever. That's why in Matthew chapter 25, he says, I've given you some things. I've given you some talents. I've given you some abilities. What did you do with it? Did you, did you bury it? Did you not utilize it? Did you make excuses like Moses? Well, what did you do with the gifts? Did you multiply it? What did you do? And what will he say over those who do what God's called them to do and multiply those gifts and those abilities and those talents? You're on the winning team. And he says to you, come on in. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done, good and faithful what? Servant. Good and faithful servant. What an honor it is to be a part of a life-giving church that we're not limping along because everybody's empowered in leadership, discovering God's giftedness and talents on the inside of you, ready at a moment's notice to make it your aim to please the Lord so we can hear over our lives for eternity. Well done, good and faithful servant. You blessed somebody. You blessed a lot of somebodies with every prayer and every text and every email and every help every practical, every personal, every relational, every spiritual need, every emotional need that you met across the world, across the globe. You used it and multiplied it for my kingdom. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We're not limping along. We're fully empowered, fully invested to leave it all on the field to play for God's Glory, And there's two questions that I think that the Father God will ask of us. Number one, what did you do with my boy? I think it starts there. Like, did you build up my boy in the earth while you lived? There's something about the heart of a, of a parent who has kids. If I've never met you before, I could start talking to you and introduce myself to you. But when I start talking about your kids and affirming your kids and encouraging your kids, I got the parents here. There's something about the heart of our Heavenly Father that wants to say well done over our lives, but when we talk about His boy, when we build up His boy, Jesus, in all of the earth to lift up the name and the fame of Jesus and lift high His banner, there's something about our Father God who leans over the balconies of heaven and says, you're talking about my boy. You're lifting up my boy. You're taking care of my boy. You're you're building the kingdom and the the church of Jesus Christ. You're building it up for not your empire, not your kingdom, not your dynasty, but to the glory of my boy. What did you do with my boy? Here's the second thing. What did we do with what God has given to you? What kind of light are you? In the city, in the region around the world. A 40-watt bulb? A 60-watt bulb? 
A hundred watt bulb? What kind of light, what kind of impact are you making to do it scared and haul off and go for it and not live in a comfort zone, but to do it scared, but by faith and allow God to stretch you even beyond even what you're doing presently for God. There's always a more in you that we can do for the kingdom of God and to love our king. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here today? Can we give Jesus a hand all over the room? We're doing it for his name and for his glory. That's what we're playing for. Why don't we stand all over the room? I just want to pray a blessing over you here uh, today. Lord, we are here. Let's just lift up our hands all over the house here today. Let's just look towards heaven. God, we have a faith in us, Lord, that brings us to heaven. But God, I pray, Lord, that you would put in us a dynamic and a faith that brings heaven to us, into our world. Lord, let the kingdom of God come, Lord, and hit us in our heart at a new level, from faith to faith, from strength to another level of strength. God, from one glory to another level of glory. Help us to be not the lights of the church, but the lights of Jesus, to be reflectors and representers of the light of Jesus all around the globe. Thank you for the faithful service of men and women of God, the impact that they're making, Lord, for history. Thank you, Jesus. Let us leverage the lights. Let us leverage the gifts that are in this room. Let us lift it up, God, to you. Help us, Lord. Use our talents. Use us, God, as the Bible says, jars of clay, earthen vessels, just paper plates that carry the excellency of power upon it. God, I thank you that it's Christ, not and us, it's Christ in you. Christ in Paul Mason. Christ in us that mobilizes us and fuels us by your spirit to do, God, what you've called us to do. Help us to step on the other side of the counter and serve someone. Help us never to leave our hotel, our home every morning without a word from God, ready at a moment's notice to give it away. For your glory and for your credit, in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen to that. God bless you, church. I love you with all my heart.